Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to week number seven of my Purpose of Singleness course, where the goal is to help you uh, uh, understand your singleness and maximize it for God's glory. And today we're going to be talking about singleness and emotional abuse or abuse period. Today we're going to be talking about singleness and emotional abuse coming from my book. This course spawned from my book, The Purpose of Singleness. Uh, where the goal is for to make you whole so that you'll be able to hold and have you ask the question, am I whole or am I full of holes? So if you're watching me live right now, I want to say thank you so much for watching live. It's an honor for you to join me in class this evening, 7.30 Eastern time. And if this is something that you want to be a part of, it's not too late to join my course. The course is free. All you have to do is go to my website, lifework.teachable.com, register for free so you can get exclusive uh, um, resource like these worksheets. And... um and other tools. Um, and uh, every Thursday, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, I'm here um, to have a live uh, um, lecture and lesson, and I'll open the door for Q&A at the end. So if there's something that you would like, come and join me, because my goal is to help you make you uh, holistically, uh, make you uh, grow holistically for God's optimal use, and to help you make sense of your life. So join me. I would love to lead you in this regard. But if you're watching later on YouTube, listening later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, um, Spotify, or here on YouTube, I want to say thank you so much for watching and for listening. Um, I, I pray these uh, messages have been a blessing to you. And um, let's get right into it. Let's get to the chat box, see who's here. Let me know where you're watching from. Let me know where the students are from, what city, what state, what country, so I can see uh, where we are. And uh, we're going to get right into it. We got Amanda Wiggle. What's going on? Says, hey, coach, honey, love. Hey, coach, thank you for discussing this critical topic. God gets the glory. God bless you, too. Hey, coach, what's going on? Deasha, uh, Lion Lion, what's going on? Christina Stubbs, what's going on? Inso, Info Me As Much, what's going on? Newsry Smith, what's going on? Christina Stubbs, watching from Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, Manila in the building. Thank you all for watching. Hey, hey, hey. Good evening to you. Sugar Mama, what's going on? Thank you for thinking of the thing. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Someone has to think about y'all. Um, uh oh, let's scroll down. Oh, let's see. Tulsa, New York in the building, San Antonio, Miami, Virginia, Arizona, Wingate, North Carolina. Oh, what's going on, sis? Um, what's going on, Jake Keaton, Vanessa? What's going on? All the way from Toronto. Thank you for watching. Fort Lauderdale. What's going on? Hope y'all are well. Get your notes out. We got a lot of ground to cover. Once again, we're going to be talking about singleness and emotional abuse. Uh, thank you from Delaware, from Toronto, Charleston. And so we're going to get right into it pretty soon. Just want to give uh, more people time to get in the class. And if you want to share this video, share it. Get your family members of, of fellow single people or people unsure relationships. Get this out to them um, so that we can be able to um, um, help um, each other. And oh, hey, Jenny. I sh oh, okay. Okay, make sure you save that uh, question because we're going to be answering questions at the end. Um, <clears throat> I know a lot of people are so used to my live Q&A segments. And so when I go live, people are ready with questions. Um, but well, we're going to teach today, every Thursday, but we're going to open up Q&A at the end. So make sure you stay with me. If you got to go, understand. Um, but we're going to get right into it. What's up, Chicago? <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's get right into it. Today, we're going to be talking about singleness and emotional abuse. We're going to be talking about how to overcome the effects of emotional abuse 
and to be used properly for God. This is for those who are single, who are still traumatized, still affected by emotional abuse and having a very hard time in excelling and, and being effective and, and um, uh, losing uh, uh, excitement for the things of God. And so my goal is to help you see the abuse for what it really is, see how God can be using it. <clears throat> Excuse me, turn it around for your good and positioning you to prosper. But let's get right into the main thought for tonight is this. How you were treated in your past can cast a shadow over your life. How you were treated in your past can cast a shadow over your life. Knowing your proper use can and will keep you from being abused. How you were treated in your past can cast a shadow over your life. Knowing your proper use can and will keep you from being abused. Now, the scripture we're going to be talking about today is going to be coming from 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11. Possibly we'll get into Psalms 34, 17 through 19, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Exodus 14, 14, Proverbs 23. <clears throat> Excuse me. Depending on leadership and the leading of the Holy Spirit in this discussion, we'll get to those scriptures. But tonight we're going to focus on these three questions. We're going to focus on what is abuse? Signs you are currently affected by an abuse. And number three, how to overcome the effects of abuse. Tonight's lecture is going to focus on answering these three questions. We're going to answer what is abuse, signs you are currently affected by an abuse, and how to overcome the effects of emotional abuse. Let's get to the problem, and then we'll get into um, some text, and then we'll elaborate on what God wants us to go over next. But the problem. Many singles are unable to be used or to use correctly or to use things correctly due to them still being affected by their past or present abuse. Many singles are unable to be used by God or to use things pro properly or correctly due to them still being affected by past or present abuse. So many people right now have been paralyzed, crippled, uh, halted, stagnated, um, plateaued by past abuse. And a lot of people right now are proving themselves to be ineffective, unusable by God due to them willingly, without effort, overcoming the effects of those abuse. The enemy knows that all he has to do is to cause a thing to happen, knowing that most of us are not mentally able to manage the effects of a thing. So his goal is, how can I get to the core of a person? At the core of us, typically, is our emotions. He wants our emotions. Emotions make uh, vain thoughts valid. Emotions make things more valid than they need to be. And if he can cause something to come within your physical space to come within your proximity and cause a deep wound, whether it's physical abuse or sexual abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse, whatever the abuse is, if he can get it into the core where there is an emotional attachment to that abuse, then that individual's singleness or if that individual's life going forward will be so dramatically affected that the enemy through that past event can cause that person to be paralyzed or to uh, uh, welcome or to adopt phobias that's, that would keep them from prospering and preparing for the level that God wants them to be. Is that you? Are you a person right now who is still affected by past emotional trauma, past emotional abuse? Are you still a person that's so dramatically affected that you're unable to maximize your singleness for God's glory to ensure your future success? Many singles are unable to be used by God 
or to use people or things correctly due to them still being affected by past or present abuse. Now, let's look at some definitions and we're going to get through some, get to some points. The definition of the word use, the definition of the word use is this, the action of using something or the state of being used by some purpose. The definition of use is the action of using something or the state of being used for some purpose. The definition of abuse is this, the improper use of a thing. Used by definition is the action of using something or the state of being used for some purpose. Abused by definition is the improper use of something. If you look at the word abuse, for those who's been following me for any length of time and has heard me speak on this topic, you know I break this word down. If you look at the word abuse, it's two words and one word, abnormal use. Abuse is the abnormal use of a thing. God has the proper normal use of a thing. God uh, <clears throat> has a normal use for you. Um, God has a normal use for marriage. God has a normal use for time. God has a normal use for purity. God has a normal use for everything. He is the originator. Therefore, since he created us and created the components by which we were supposed to live life at his best, at his peak, he holds the definition of. The moment you have been disconnected from God, you disconnected from the original definition of things. And when you lack the original definition of things, you don't know how to be a discipline or to delegate things in life to ensure destiny is manifested. But so many people, due to them uh, uh, willy-nilly going through life or due to people with low self-esteem insecurities, allows or welcomes the opportunity for abuse to happen because they are completely unaware of their normal use. God has a way for you to be used. I don't mind being used if it's within the context of my normal use. I don't mind being used by my wife, being used by people who I know uh, through the leadership of the Holy Spirit and discernment, who was actually able to steward my energy, my mind, my emotions, my time, who's able to uh, 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 steward it uh, um, of the things that comes with me. But when I lack my understanding of my normal and proper use, then I will welcome abuse. Now, there are some situations where abuse came in as a child, uh, and, 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 and we're going to talk about that. But we're talking about all abuse comes when society, uh, uh, um, um, culture lacks connection with God. The moment that you become disconnected from God or society becomes disconnected from God, the definition of things in its proper use becomes diluted or you become uh, um, distanced from what it's supposed to be used by and it dramatically affects or sends a perpetuating uh, a cycle generation to generation with women don't know how to, they should be used or how to dress or how to move men, not knowing how to care for themselves and vent. And it causes a negative spiral that affects generations after generations after generations. Again, the definition of use and abuse is this. Used by definition is the action of using something or the state of being used for some purpose. Each and every one of us have a use. A use. There's a there's an action. There is something, a purpose that God wants us to be used for. Abuse, like we said, is the abnormal or improper use of a thing or a purpose. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Let's talk about types of abuse. Types of abuse. There is physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, 
financial abuse, cultural and environmental abuse, and spiritual abuse. There are multiple types of abnormal uses of components of life that leads to the misuse or abuse, abuse of a thing. And the ultimate, like I said before, the ultimate goal of the enemy is to get to the core of us so that we could be so emotionally and mentally dramatic about it that that thing has a greater weight as we go, as a person goes forward. Physical abuse is the uh, uh, physical harm. Sexual abuse is is uh, um, 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 sexual abuse, uh, abusing someone sexually improperly. Verbal abuse is using words to abuse. Emotional abuse is is using emotional tactics and manipulative techniques to abuse. Psychological abuse is using ignorance and bliss and lies to abuse. Financial abuse is withholding the uh, uh, um, uh, what is due to a person and keeping them in, a, in an area uh, be, below where they could be. Cultural environmental abuse is using society and cultural norms to abuse a culture of people. And spiritual abuse are individuals who are in pastoral positions, positions of leadership spiritually that use the scriptures out of context, use their positions out of context to abuse congregants. Now, let's talk about the cycles of abuse. And I'm going kind of fast because I have a lot to cover. The cycles of abuse. We're going to talk about these eight things. Number one, the cycle of abuse begins with a diffuse. A diffuse Diffuse by definition is to disconnect or to dilute or to stop the power up. The devil's ultimate objective to set a person up for abuse is to diffuse the effectiveness or to diffuse the understanding or to diffuse the opportunity of faith and fervency when it comes to God. The moment he can disconnect you from God, he can then, number two, infuse in your minds doctrine, think, doctrinal things or things that are contrary to the character and nature of God. If he can diffuse, <clears throat> excuse me, the, not the work of God, but you allowing the work of God in your life, if he can diffuse from you being focused on the things of God, if he can diffuse the energy, the power, the effort that you put in. Uh, into your purpose, into your life, or or to get to know God better, then you would be in a disconnected state where he can then infuse things into your mind to, number three, confuse you. The, the ultimate objective, the, 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 the corner piece of it all is confusion. The Bible says where there is confusion, there is every evil work. His ultimate goal is to make sure that there is confusion and confusion becomes evident in a person's life when there's diffusion, when there's diffuse, where there's the lack of power, the lack of understanding, the lack of fervency, the lack of growth. If I can diffuse a situation, diffuse a connection with some with a man and woman with God, <clears throat> then I can infuse lies, which would then leave a person confused uh, in a confused state where they, they lack understanding of who God is. And what it requires. Number number one, he wants to diffuse, to dilute, to disconnect. Then he wants to infuse in your mind contradictory things about God, causing a greater disconnection. Once the infusion has begun, then he can bring in confusion. Confusion, like the word of God says, is where every evil work will be present. And his goal is to ensure that every evil work is present. And he does that by confusion. It is hard for the devil to get you to be abused. We're talking about grownups. We're talking about or to be affected by past or present abuse when you have clarity. God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of clarity. Satan is the author of confusion. It is it's, it's, it's difficult for the enemy to, to drastically affect a person who is completely clear on who they are in Christ, completely clear 
on where they should go completely clear. But when you have been disconnected and you have allowed yourself to be isolated with the infusion of the demonic indoctrinations and concepts and lies, then confusion will open the door for every evil work. Once there is confusion, then number four, there is amusement. And I, I don't know if the, I don't know if my um okay there we go I was making sure I didn't see no one chat in a while I was making sure my technology was working well let me know if 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 I'm clear if the video is clear I just want to make sure that you guys are there okay okay so I, I'm seeing I'm seeing I'm seeing movement in the chat box let me know I just want to see a couple more people let me know that they can hear me clearly that everything okay yes everything is clear taking notes okay great great I just want to make sure <clears throat> because I want to make sure that the information. It's clear and it's given. Once there is diffusement, right? And infusion comes and then confusion has opened the door for every evil work. Thank y'all so much. Then he gets you into a place of amusement. He knows that he is like, the enemy is like Costco's or Sam's or the Chinese uh, restaurants in the mall. Their ultimate objective is to get something delicate on a toothpick. Their goal is to get something for you to taste with inside of a cup, knowing that as you shop through life, as you navigate through life, their goal is to pass to you something for you to taste, for you to be amused by, for something that you be excited by. Because then get your taste buds tingled about a thing, then you will become so indoctrinated or connected to that thing, then, then you will be set up to be led into a ditch or set up to be led into a trap. And a lot of people are camouflaging their abuse by amusement or they're, or they're setting themselves up for greater uh, abuse <clears throat> by settling in amuse and in, in amusement. You got to be very careful what you entertain because entertainment is is the enemy's opportunity to enter the detain. That's why you got to be very, very careful with entertaining things or engaging with things that leaves you in a trance-like state. You ever catch yourself looking at a TV and and you just staring and you haven't moved anything like that. They love to use technology and tools and other uses of society to get us in a trance-like state so that whatever the agenda is will go into our subconscious mind and flow into our consciousness, which will lead into the choices that we make, which will then lead to consequences and consequences lead into cycles. You got to be very careful what you entertain, what you engage in, because you will become the product of what you entertain. And so what he does is if I can get you to be amused by that man, amused by that woman, amused well, in a state of your confusion, since you don't have the clarity of your singleness, you lack clarity about your purpose, then you will begin to entertain low-level things, paying all of your energy, paying all of your attention for something that is setting you up for greater abuse. You're right. Mind control, controlling the way you think, controlling the way you perceive, and then all of a sudden you, you, you get so caught up in the amusement of it all that next thing you know, when you open your eyes and a trance is gone, you're surrounded by the consequences. If he can cause, uh, if he can diffuse the power of God, diffuse your connection to God, diffuse your understanding of God, and then get you in an isolated state away from God to infuse in your mind doctrinal things that twists your mind, and then number three confuses you, and confusion then begins to open the door, and then you walk into that door of amusement, and what you think is amusement now number five leads to abuse, misuse, or overuse. 
when the power has been diffused and you have allowed your mind to be indoctrinated or infused with lies, then you become confused by, by what sounds like the truth or seems like the truth or, or confused, thinking that, that you're one thing and you're not, thinking that you're ready when you're not, and then you become amused with that man. And a lot of women get so amused by the fact that this man is able to protect you or to uh, provide for you financially. Don't get amused by a man's financial portfolio. You got to make sure a man is able to secure you holistically. And don't get so caught up, fellas, because she's the most beautiful woman you have ever seen. Do you not know that beauty is deceptive? That beauty is vain? We're not talking about that you got to you marry someone that you're attracted to, but you got to be discerning enough not to be caught up on the external things of a thing. And it's crazy. An apple that is not an apple, but looks like an apple, is it will, will, will confuse people into thinking it's an apple. And then when they bite into it, they realize that there's no nutrients. And how many people got so caught up on the look of a thing that when they bite into that thing, they gain no nutrients? Then he knows... <clears throat> Once you become amused and excited about a thing and entertaining it long enough, then that man or woman begins to deepen an abuse, begins to abuse you, or you become misused, right? Failing, that's right, failing for, for, I tell people all the time, marry progression, don't marry potential. Don't marry potential, marry progression. I don't care if that man has the potential to be great. I don't care if that woman has the potential to be great. I don't care if that man has the potential to be a, a husband, the potential of that lady to be a wife. Don't marry potential, marry progression. Listen, I, 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 you don't want to get so caught up with a person that, that you have to pry out of procrastination, pry into productivity. You don't marry potential. You don't get, in, don't get so amused by a person's potential. You look at that person's progression. Is that person going somewhere? Is that person practicing patterns that's going to ensure that person uh, uh, reaches the peak of their potential? You don't, you, but everybody has potential, but not everybody progresses towards it. And so many people get so caught up on the look of a thing. It has the potential to be, and, and a lot of women do this. A lot of men do that. They settle for someone that has the potential and then they utilize their, or they waste their energy trying to push that person into their potential when you are not responsible for that. It is not your job to push someone into potential. It is their job to practice the, uh, the, 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 the patterns that puts them into their potential. Nobody is placed into their potential. People produce into their potential. So don't marry potential. Don't get around potential. Don't befriend potential. Don't support potential. Support progress. If I have a business idea, they don't care about the potential of that business. They have, do they do they see practice in my life now with that business that projects a certain types of, of, of process or progress? Then that's when investment comes. Nobody cares about how well it sounds. They care about how it sounds now. They don't care about when the final product comes. They want to know, is it producing right now? Don't marry potential. Don't befriend potential. Don't partner with potential. Marry, partner, befriend progression. Once there is diffusement and infusion, which leads to confusion, which opens the door to you being intoxicated by amusement, then abuse happens. How many of y'all have been in relationships? We've all been there where you got so caught up in the person, next thing you know, that person is now psychologically, verbally, emotionally abusing you. Or you get into a relationship and you trying to utilize their relationship to block out the past abuse. It, it, you're not going to be able to be used properly or to be effectively uh, uh, used 
if you do not deal with past abuse. After that, abuse verbally, sexually, emotionally, psychologically, culturally, spiritually, or overuse. Overuse is I'm burning myself out and idols will always have you burnt out. Listen, idolatry will always leave you empty. Idolatry will always leave you burnt out. And many people are being overly used. They had a place of burnout. God will never bless you with strings attached. God will never bless you with burdens beyond your ability to bear. And what we have to understand is that all blessings are heavy. You know how heavy a million dollars is? Do you know how heavy a marriage is? Do you know how heavy uh, 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 things of life is? And if you are, if you haven't been in the gym and molding yourself, what you're trying to manage will break you. Once abuse, misuse, or overuse has happened, then number six, these two things occur, excuse and refuse, excuse and refuse, or in other words, denial. Now you start making excuses. Now you start excusing things. Oh, I'll let that happen. You know, I'm not worthy, so I'm going to make an excuse for that. Um, then you start uh, refusing to grow, refusing um, the help of God, because the weight of the abuse. Why would God let this happen? Man, God, I'm mad at you. It's crazy how we get mad at God after we decided to leave God to do what God didn't want us to do. It's crazy how we get so mad at God. That's why I say, be very careful what you do when you're mad at God, because in the time period that you're mad at God, many people make poor decisions. And then after they make those poor decisions, here comes unnecessary consequences. And, and I've been guilty of it. We've all been guilty where we just mad at God. We don't want to talk to God. And we blame God for something that we blatantly did to ourselves. And so many people begin to make excuses for themselves, make excuses for others, or refuse to believe that God would do this to them or whatever, whatever. And it dramatically affects them. After that, then comes accuse. The same one that confuses, accuses. The same one that infuses, accuses. The same one that diffuses, accuses. The same one that tempts you, uh, 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 accuses. Then he knows that you're in a psychological state, an emotional state, a spiritual state where you're unable to overcome the effects. And now here come the accusations. The devil's ultimate objective is to have people drowning in condemnation drowning in accusations. He is the accuser of the brethren. He wants to find a way to make you believe that that <clears throat> you are not worthy of God's love. Now, you have to understand that the devil knows that it is not by your righteousness that you are received by God. You are received by God through the righteousness of his son, Jesus. When you recognize that you don't, you can't earn salvation and salvation wasn't by your choice, that there was nothing you can do to receive salvation, and you will begin to receive the righteousness of Jesus in your life imputed on you while your sins was placed on him to help you to help your mind become so renewed that it doesn't matter what happened in your past. Even if you contributed to it, it doesn't matter what occurred that, you know, your righteous position, <clears throat> you know, your stance as a daughter and son of God, and you no longer will allow the accusations to cause you to go, to repeat the cycle. He accuses those who are in an emotional or mental state where they feel that they are unworthy or they feel angry towards God. The two, the, the two places that the devil wants you to be in is anger towards God, feeling unworthy for God, 
and um and having no need for God. He wants you in a place where you feel like you don't need God and a place where you are, what I say, that where you that you have no need for God, that that you feel unworthy for God and that you feel man, no need for God, unworthy for God and um help me out class, what did I say? Uh feeling unworthy for God, no need for God and what was my other word? What was my other phrase? I'm going to see what the class, see if the class is going to help me. What I say, no need for God. You feel unworthy to God and mad at God, angry at God. There we go. <clears throat> because when you're angry, thank you, thank you. When you're angry with God, you ain't going to go to him. When you feel unworthy to God, or you feel unworthy to go to God, you won't go to him. If you feel like you don't need God, you won't go to him. And that's what emotional abuse does. And emotional abuse is subtle. You don't even, we're going to get to those. Let me slow down because we're going to get there. Last but not least, after your understanding and the power of God has been diffused and there's distance that leads to isolation, which leads to you being infused with, with contradictory things, then confusion is the butler that opens the door for every evil work that leads you into the amusement park of, <clears throat> of indoctrination, the amusement park of, 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 of carnality and vanity which then opens you to be even more abused, misused, or lead to overuse, which then leads you to making excuses or having, ref or having refusal, which leads to accusation. Last but not least, will leave you in a place of uselessness. If you don't see a use for you, you won't, uh, you won't set yourself up to be used by God. I want to always be in God's hand as a tool. Uselessness is the level that the enemy wants you to get to after you have been abused. Some of y'all have been abused and abuse has been deep for you. You were abused as a child. You were physically abused by maybe a father or a mother. You were emotionally abused. Let me look at the other rules. Maybe you were sexually abused by an uncle or aunt or a dad or a mom. You were um, <clears throat> emotionally abused and, and verbally and et cetera, et cetera. And it is permeating through your life. And what happens, all he needs is that entry abuse, which leads to the cycles of abuse. And so many people are, uh, are being completely misused because they view themselves as useless. When you feel your, when you look at yourself as useful, you don't be used by anyone. But when you look at yourself useless, you will open yourself to be used by the masses. And what I have come to realize is that when I gained my, when I, when I am, when my mind became completely renewed about my, with my value or about my value in God, man, I don't care who you is. I will determine if I will be used or not. And listen, I don't like when people use my time, use my energy. And I learned because I used to be so uh, through emotional abuse, uh, the emotional abuse that came from abandonment for me, emotional abuse that came um, due to me wanting to be accepted or liked. And, 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 and all of my gifts were manipulated. Uh, my mind was manipulated and my, and my energy and my mind and my resources was mismanaged. And it, it led me to be, continue to be just misused by people. Anytime someone called, I'll do it because my need for acceptance, uh, my 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 grip on everyone because I didn't want to be abandoned, it opened me up to be manipulated and be misused by others. But until I got my mind made up and I began to realize just how valuable I am, I began to limit the access of people. 
because I know how useful I am. I don't want to be a, a hammer used as a, 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 a screwdriver. I want to be used properly. And when you are mindful of who you are and you have mingled and mixed with the master enough to realize who you are in him, you will limit the use of the hands of people into your life. You will put limits on others because you know for a fact you are able to discern if they are even able to use you correctly. See, I don't mind being used if I'm used correctly. I don't mind being used if I'm used to my benefit. But what I refuse to do is to be used by someone who is confusing themselves. And that's where you got to get to, where you begin to realize, hold up, hold up, hold up. I don't care what I went through. I don't care. There you go, boundaries. I don't care what a person did to me. I don't care what you went through. God can turn all of that around for your good and position you to be a person that's able to be used properly. Listen, ladies, you do not allow low self-esteem to put you in a low level of these dudes. And all of a sudden now you're being sexually abused. You're not being raped. You're not being molested, but you opening your body to a man who don't know how to keep your soul, who don't know how to make your mind stable through his through him being leaded by God. And how many men out there being misused by women because they just want to be around somebody beautiful? Come on, man. When you know who you are and you mindful of who God wants you to be, you will limit the use of many people. And many people are being misused by people that don't even that, that shouldn't even be in the same room with them. And that's why I tell people, man, I don't mind putting limits on people. I don't mind hurting people's feelings to keep my feelings at to keep my feelings at ease. I'll tell you that right now. I don't mind. You got to know who you are in Christ, man. You're going to continue to be misused by others. If you don't know who you are by the creator, you will continue to be misused by creation. Let's keep going. <clears throat> Let's look at some scriptures. First Peter 5, 6 through, 11, 6 through 11 says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Being sober minded, be watchful. Your average, oh, these are scriptures from last week. Hmm. Let me see. Are these the same scriptures? There we go. Now, is these right? This right. This right. This right. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties and cares on him because he cares for you. It's very important. In order to overcome, I'm ahead of myself. I'll break the scripture down a little bit later. Um, because these, this scripture has a lot of truths in it that will help you overcome abuse. Now, <clears throat> let's do this next point. Satan wants you numb. God wants you new. Now, what does that mean? From your experience in life, Satan wants you numb by them. Feelingless, numb, calloused. God wants you to be made new. No matter what you've been through, God can turn it around for your good. It doesn't matter. The Bible says those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose, things will work out for their favor. So when you change the way you look at your abuse and see that God is endeavoring, God did not allow it. But we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where things happen. But what you have to realize is that that thing didn't kill you. If you survived it, then you can thrive from it. And many people get so caught up in still surviving. It's crazy how many people are still surviving something. That's 10 years old, still trying to survive something that happened 15 years ago. Listen, listen, listen. It's time to get to a place of thriving. 
It's time out for just surviving a thing, trying to survive the effects of abuse. We got to thrive from it. And the enemy wants you numb by it. I guess I'll never overcome this. I guess I'll never get through this. I guess I'll never uh, have this or have that. Versus, God, how can you be using this? How can you use this to make me newer, to make me better, to make me the person I need to be? That's the real question. The enemy wants you numb from your experience, numb from your abuse versus being made new from it. Any man who be in Christ, any man or woman who be in Christ is a new creature. Old things have passed away and behold, all things are becoming new or have became new. God can make anything. God can use anything, make you new from it. But if you stay in the survival mode from instead of being in the thrival mode, then you're not going to be successful. Next point. Transitional points right here. Next point. Satan wants you to be damaged goods. God wants you to be developed goods. A lot of people right now are damaged goods. They are good people. <clears throat> they're, 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 they're decent people. Um, they, they're endeavored to do good. They want to do good. But because they were damaged at a point in life, they remain damaged goods. But God wants you to de be developed goods, goods that has been developed. Let me see if I can find my other points because I did a message on this a while back on damaged and developed goods. Let me see if I can find those points real quick. So I can maybe add some more points or insight uh, on damaged goods. Um, let me see if these are the points right here. Um, I might not cover these. Um, anyway, we'll cover that maybe another time. Um, because no, if I catch, if I catch, if I get hooked on it, I'll be, we'll be here three hours. <laughs> but. Satan so wants you damaged goods. He wants you to remain damaged goods. He wants you to remain dented. He wants you to remain uh, that. And when you look at a canned good, um, um, many of us, we overlook something that has been damaged, that we see damages. Well, smart people do, wise people do, um, or people, period. If they see damage, they, they most people leave, but some people are drawn to uh, danger. But, but when something is developing, it becomes attractive. When something is refurbished, it becomes attractive. And the devil's ultimate objective is to have you so damaged that you see no good in you. So damaged that you don't see the goodness of God, which draws you to repentance. That's what he hates. He hates repentance. Repentance means I can go back to my rightful place and the rightful place is below above the devil's place. That's why he wants you in sin and condemnation because that's beneath him. But when you repent simultaneously and immediately without invest, without reproach, God puts you right back at your rightful place above him. So what he does is if he can damage you early, he can, if he can damage you as a babe, damage you as a youth, then he'll keep you below him. Because he knows if you are damaged, you won't be able to see the goodness that God working in you and that you won't be able to be in, in, in amused or, in, or intrigued by God's goodness, which will lead you into repentance. Repentance leads you to your mind being renewed. When your mind is renewed, you'll start uh, 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 regiments and you'll become even more effective. Listen, that's what he hates. He doesn't want you to be drawn into repentance because it leads to restoration. He wants you to be uh, um so caught up in confusion that it leads to deterioration. Let's keep going. This I hope are y'all learning something? Let me know if y'all learning something. I hope this isn't is impacting you all, helping you all grow. And for those who's watching now, go ahead and hit that like button so this video can get traction. Share this video with your single friends. Share it on Facebook, Instagram. Let's get a lot of people watching this because I feel these points are going to help them. Signs you are still affected by abuse.
We're going to talk about nine or so signs that you are still affected by abuse. Signs you are still affected by abuse. We said that the enemy loves to cause because cause leads to effects. And most people are not mentally mature enough to handle the effects of a thing. So many people cause a marriage, but they don't, they can't handle the effects of a marriage. People cause a relationship, but are not prepared to handle the effects of a relationship. People cause uh, different things in life, but they are not able to handle the effects of it. See, so many people, we love to be, uh, to cause a thing or to be influenced to cause a thing or to things to influence a cause into our life, knowing that we're unable to handle the effects. Every cause has an effect. The only cause that don't have a cause <laughs> or, or beginning or end or is affected is God. He is so sufficient of himself. He neither had a beginning and he will not have an end. And many people are like, well, if, well, one is gone, gone, God must have a beginning. No, God, uh, we are the effects of his cause. We are the effects of the words that were spoken out of his mouth. But when it comes to us in this realm, Many of us are unable to handle the effects of certain causes. And when causes happen, like a, a molestation or abuse or emotional trauma, when those are, when those causes happen, many, many churches are not able, many people are not able, or many individuals are not able to handle the effects of it. So the enemy loves subtle causes and significant causes to spawn effects that leaves us traumatically affected throughout life. And when you have still affected by a a past cause, then how can you cause the proper effects in in your purpose? And in singleness, you have to make sure you ask yourself, am I still being affected? Am I still drowning in the effects of a past abuse? Now, we're going to talk about signs that you are still affected by emotional abuse. Number one, number one, not number one sign, but one sign is... You people, please. A sign that you are still affected by abuse, you endeavor to please people. I got a point beside it. You try to be perfect for others because of not being much of anything to others in your past. You people, please. You you see no purpose in you. You see no pleasure. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't know the value of your pleasure. It's a pleasure to meet you. What does that even mean? It's a pleasure to meet you. But if you don't know the pleasure that you offer, people will use your pleasure for their consumption. And you will become a people pleaser and you will continue to try to please people because you see no pleasure or no value in you. People please is a sign that you're still affected by abuse. You try to be perfect for others because of not being much of anything to others in your past. And that's how I was. I, I was a people pleaser to the 10th degree because I was I was struggled with abandonment. So you have to find your root um, uh, effect, the number one effect from the abuse. That's how you gain healing, right? So what does that mean? Because my father uh, left and abandoned, well, my dad my dad was just young-minded. I can't even knock him. Because it's interesting, the older you get, the more you realize why something happened. And some and some and sometimes the enemy doesn't want you to get that information. The enemy doesn't want you to get that intel because he wants you to be stuck on the event versus the 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 reason for the event. So if if I would have known at 24 why my dad left at four, I wouldn't have harbored abandonment for so long. But because I was ignorant to the reason or ignorant to, to, to what God was doing at the time, I harbored these uh, effects of abandonment 
our heart. That's right. It is so important to know the root to be set. That's right. And so what happened is the devil knew that anytime you remove a dad out of the home, it's going to cause a natural effect. Because a child looks at a man as protection, looks at a man as, as, as we just talking about fathers here, as, as guides. And so that naturally opens up the door to the root effect or the first effect that spawns the psychological, emotional effects afterwards. If I can cause a, 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 an abuse to happen sexually, physically, emotionally, verbally, or whatever to happen in the formative years of a person's life, then that mind will form or become cemented in a way of thinking that would then harbor or protect as a boundary heightened emotions, which will lead to resentment, which will lead to bitterness, which will lead to unforgiveness, which will lead to even more abuse. So the root uh, effect of the initial abuse in my life was abandonment. And that abandonment led me to people, please, because I wanted people's presence more than I enjoyed my own. You should never want the presence of another person more than, than, than the value of your presence. Or let's go another level, more than the value of the presence of God. When you care more about another person's presence, then you are able to recognize the value of God's presence, your presence. You will always endeavor to people, please. And I was guilty of it. And when I got to the root reason of that abandonment, now I can care less about pleasing people. All I care about pleasing God, because if I'm a pleasure to God, I will be a pleasure to you. People, please. You try to be perfect, for others because of not being much of anything to others in your past or too much of anything to yourself. Number two, another sign that you are still affected by abuse, you <clears throat> or you are indecisive. You are indecisive. Um, Let's keep going. Let me see. I want to make sure. I was molested as a child and all of my life thought sex was love. I've been set free and saved myself at 35 years old from it. That's right. It's crazy how these, these, these causes cement us into thinking contrary to the original definition of that thing. God has an original definition for sex, an original definition of love. And when that has been blurred, then people will think that this thing is the way it should be operated. And then when they operate that thing, they realize it has been operated improperly, which leads to danger. Another sign that you're still affected by abuse, <clears throat> you're indecisive. You're so used to compensating for the needs of others that you that you rarely have time to make decisions for yourself. You become indecisive because you like again, you want to people please. You're indecisive. You you well, should I take care of me or should I take care of them? Uh, what's most important right now? Oh, since I don't think much of myself, I'm just indecisive and decision is the is a decision. And so many people are indecisive, don't know what to do for themselves. And, and, and if you're an indecisive person, then it shows that you don't have any fortitude of yourself or belief in God to get you um, into a place of confidence. Second sign that you are still affected by abuse, you are indecisive. You're so used to compensating for the needs of others that you rarely have time to make a decision for yourself. Number three, you're easily triggered. You're easily triggered. A sign that you're still affected by the emotional abuse is you're easily triggered. Emotional trauma raises emotions beyond their banks, leading to flooding. Things trigger you easily. Basically, what this means is when you go through an emotional experience and you have been traumatic, tra traumatized by it, now you become, from, from being in a faith factual state, log logical state, 
you're completely in the emotional state. And so that anytime anything resembles the, the imagery of, of, what, of an intrusion, the imagery of an incident, all of a sudden you emotionally triggered, which then spawns the, the, the death of your weeks and the theft of your time. He knows that all I got to do to waste your time is to trigger you in a moment. If I can trigger you about an ex and how he misused you, if I can trigger it about your mom, how she misused you, if I can trigger you by something that is similar now to what was solid in your past, then I can cause you to be so caught up in your emotions that you would then begin to waste days or times, if not do make an action or do something that, 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 that surrounds you a consequence that even more stifles your potential. A sign you're still affected by a past abuse, you are easily triggered. We live in a trigger culture because we live in a culture where people have yet to deal with their abuse. You got to be at a place where you, you find the facts behind the feelings, where you find the truth behind the trauma <clears throat> so that you can grow. Number four, a sign that you're still affected by abuse, you're always defensive. You're always, that goes with easily trigger. You're always defensive because no one ever took your side. You overly take your side mm. because no one was there for you. Because no one was there to care for you. Now you became so caught up in yourself, so caught up in pride that you overly defend yourself. You overly defend yourself to try to prove to your mama that you was going to make it. To try to prove to your dad that you was going to make it. And when anybody touches that, 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 that tender area of your life, you defend it like a pit bull. But man, listen, vengeance is mine. God will repay, he says. You don't got to be so defensive. And like I said in the last video, so many of us are too so defensive that we don't score. It, you got to be offensive sometimes to score. You got to be on offense to score. But if you're so defensive, but you don't know how to uh, uh, score, you're not going to win any games in life. And so many people are so defensive. It's because no one ever took their side. So they overly take their side. But you know who's on your side? Greater is he that's with you, in you then whatever you face in the world, when you know that God is on your side, you don't got to defend yourself. God will defend you. Number six, a sign you're still affected by abuse. And I'm sure there's more signs, but here are the signs that I thought of. Number six, you never see anything positive in or about you. You have negative thinking and negative talk. You never see anything positive. I mean, when someone compliments you on your artistry, when someone compliments you on your creativity, when someone compliments you, you're so mentally uh, 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 um, um, downcasted, so mentally messed up that that you you so overwhelmed by negativity that you don't even know how to welcome a positive compliment. And and, and I used to be like this. <clears throat> you sure this is good? Nah, 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 this ain't good. And I'm always second guessing myself, questioning, is, is anybody going to like this? Because of my emotional trauma, because of what I went through, I was, I was, I, I didn't think too much of myself until I realized, no, Josh, man, you're really good at this. And if you wait to somebody else to celebrate you, then you will never accelerate. Because if you wait to somebody cele celebrate you, then, then you, who knows if you're going to ever start. You got to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I will do great things. I am doing great things. And because of God, I will do these great things so that you won't be so caught up in, 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 in celebratory culture to the point to where you're going nowhere. Number seven, you always second guessing yourself and questioning genuine love. I got, listen, God came for me too. God came. I had to work on this because emotional abuse was something that I struggle with and a lot of people do. 
Another sign that you're still affected by abuse, you always second guess yourself and question genuine love. You know you're dramatically affected or emotionally uh, affected by abuse, past abuse or present abuse when you always second guess yourself. Man, uh, I don't know. I probably shouldn't even do it. Uh, I mean, because, because a lot of people have become stagnant based upon the silence or the severity of their parents' words. Because a parent was silent or severely uh, uh, talkative, it stagnated so many people. And what happens, a lot of people right now, uh, they second-guess themselves because their parents never said how amazing it was. Their parents never congratulated them. Their parents never said anything about them. Or their parents severely said stuff, and it's it stifles them. And do you know how many people's um, 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 ideas and purposes have been stagnated because of what their mama didn't say or daddy did say or didn't say? But what has God said about you? That's why you can't get caught up on a book that people wrote about you or said about you or the chapter they try to forge into your life. You got to get into the word of God and to find out what God has said about you. Because right now I don't second guess myself. I used to second guess myself all the time. Oh, uh, you, you used to see me as a kid. You used to see me early on my videos. Ah, nah, I'm not going to do this video. It sucks. Nah, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to rip the paper, throw it in the trash can. And then God said, go get that paper, boy. That's good stuff, boy. I gave you that. It's crazy how we throw away the good that God gave us. Don't throw away the idea. God gave you the idea. Don't be Nancy Pelosi and rip up. Oh, I ain't going to get political. I'm not trying to say what side I'm on. I'm not saying I'm just giving an analogy. Ripping up stuff. You see what I'm saying? You got to be able to say, you know what? No, no, this is valuable. Exactly. So many people are stunted, stagnated because they rip up something and, and, and God's like, no, I wrote that. Come on, man. But we got to get to a place where we say, man, God, I see what you say about me. It doesn't matter what your dad said. It don't matter what your mama didn't say. It doesn't matter what that man you thought was the love of your life said or didn't say about you. What has God said about you? In order to silence the negativity, what others have said about you, you got to increase the voice of God in your life. You always second guessing yourself. Man, don't second guess what God placed in you first. Don't second guess what God placed in you before you was formed and fashioned in your mother's womb. Don't second guess it. Or another sign is you question genuine love. You question genuine love. Some, man, the reason why God ain't bring that man in your life, the reason why God ain't bring that woman in your life, the reason why God didn't bring that promotion, because number one, you're going to second guess it, or you're going to question it. Man, so many ladies, so many men right now, man, have, have ran off good dudes, good girls, have ran off good friends, because they always question the genuine love. When you, when you do not understand, listen, the best way, to know what true love is, is to know love, capital L himself, Mr. Lover, lover himself, Mr. Love himself. It was God. You won't be able to understand if it's genuine love if you don't know God's love. But how many people are questioning and a mom try to love them? Your dad tried to love you. Your, your, your husband is trying to love you. Your wife is trying to love you. You know what I'm saying? You, God is trying to love you, but you're questioning his love. If you keep questioning his love, you won't be able to welcome anybody's genuine love. Number eight, signs you're still affected by abuse. You keep attracting negativity and toxic people. If you're always around negative and toxic people, then you're a toxic, negative person yourself. 
Because when you know who you are, you know negative vibes here, man. Listen, man, listen, 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 listen. I'll protect my vibe at all costs. You ain't going to kill my vibes because vibes are vibrations. See, 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 you have to understand about vibrations. The word vibe and vibrations are very pivotal. One word can kill your vibe. And you got to be uh, ineffective, uh, unaffected by, 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 you got to be, you got to guard your vibe so well that you're not affected because, because whatever's in your heart will determine uh, uh, which vibration you want, which vibe you give. That's why I, I, I find a vibe before, before, listen, I catch a vibe before, before, before I'm in other people's vibrations. You see what I'm saying? What I mean by that? I catch the vibe of God, which is joy. The greatest vibe on planet is joy. The greatest vibe, the greatest vibration in this world is joy that's birthed out of love. When you know you are loved by God, real joy is birthed, and that's the greatest vibe. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and if the world didn't give it, the world can't take away. If you catch a vibe, you don't have to worry about your, your vibe being messed with. So what you do is you got to be in a constant vibration of God, which is knowing that God is love, because the Bible says it's perfect love, cast out all fear. The greatest two vibrations is joy that's birthed out of the vibe of love. When you know that you have been loved by God, nobody can kill your vibe. A racist person can't kill your vibe. A classist person can't kill your vibe. A sexist person can't kill your vibe. A feminist person can't. Any isis or ism cannot kill your vibe because you know caught a vibe before you walked out your house. I'm telling you, I always catch a vibe. I always stay in a vibe of God because if I stay in a vibe of God, I'm guarded. Nothing can kill that vibe because this joy is impenetrable. When you have the joy of God, you are strengthened. You are strong. You were able to, to withstand, even if your dad calls you to this day still talking crazy. Your mom's still talking crazy. You're not going to be triggered by it. I don't care what my, listen, I don't care, I don't care what anybody got to say. That's why you got to love God more than anybody. You got to love God more than your woman because look what happened to Adam. He loved Eve more than the one that pulled Eve out of him. When you love something more than, than the person that pulled it out, when you love something more than the one that pulled it out of you, then you will set yourself up to be disappointed. What happened to Adam? He loved Eve more than God. Therefore, he ate the fruit. The Bible said Adam was with Eve when the devil was talking through the serpent to Eve. Adam should have been like, yo, player. Adam should have been like, player, player. Who are you talking? This is my lady. This is my lady. You know what I'm saying? Back up. But no, no, no. Adam was just looking at that bosom. <laughs> Adam was looking at Adam looking at the assets. You see what I'm saying? Adam got so caught up in 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 what and in in, in in what was built that he forget what he he got so caught up on what was built for him that he forgot about who he was built on. When you get so caught up on what is built for you, or you try to build things for yourself more than you are into the person that you're built on, you will find your your infrastructure cast down. But so many people. Keep attracting negativity. Keep attracting toxic people. And number nine, another sign that you're still affected by abuse, you have a hard time accepting or receiving the right affection. Because you didn't receive affection as a child, you don't even, you don't even know how to, to, to receive affection. You don't even know how to. Some many people right now are in relationships or in marriages right now where their husband is trying to give them affection, their wife is trying to give affection, and they're awkward. I was awkward. I was awkward in a lot of relationships because I didn't I, listen. It was not my mom's fault, not my dad's fault, but this is just life. This is what happens. That's why you got to be very careful with the decision you make. It was just this life. When you when you grow up in a single parent home and you're the only child, there are certain things that happens. That's why the best way to overcome the effects of abuse is to acknowledge and become aware of the abuse. 
and and really see, oh, this is this is why I am where I am. See, for me, I'm only gonna talk about myself. My my dad only married my mom for American citizenship. I wasn't even supposed to be here. I was supposed to be an accident. And all the, all this story is being told from a place of forgiveness. So don't think that I'm <clears throat> still affected. I'm not affected by these abuses anymore. To my knowledge, you see what I'm saying? Because as I <clears throat> as I've gotten older, I began to realize, oh, this is why I'm doing this. It all stemmed to this abuse. But my story is simple. My dad was Nigerian, my mom was American, and you know the vibes. You know what, you know how they get down. You know what happens, you know what's you know the whoop the whoop. You know what I'm saying? They 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 get they marry an American woman to get American citizenship. This is life. I mean, my dad was trying to make moves, money moves, you see what I'm saying? <clears throat> but I I wouldn't I don't think that I was intentional. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that I was the one that I was, but it's interesting. God knew that, let me get my son, let me get, let me birth Joshua into this. <clears throat> That's why you can't get mad about where you planted because even roses come from concrete. Don't get mad about where God planted you. Just fight through the concrete and you will blossom even a mist of concrete. But back to my story. So I was born and about three or so years into the marriage, my dad um, divorced my mom. They divorced. So of course I grew up in a single parent home. Which is me and my mom. Now, my mom was a hard worker. So my mom worked two or three jobs. So I was left alone a lot. And being left alone a lot, I was left to my own thoughts. And, and, and imagine being left to your own thoughts, but having a spiritual uh, connection with God. I was called for a purpose. It was cool, crazy because my mom, who wasn't a Christian at the time, um, she was um, in uh, about to have me as a, I was about to be born. And my dad was going to give me an African name. And she said, man, she said she felt the presence of God. She felt an angel. She don't know who it was. Came into the room and said, do not call him Uniquik, whatever their name was going to be, but to call him Joshua for he'll be a great leader. And so my mom changed my name. My dad was like, he's giving me the middle name and last name. So I'm Joshua Ejikeezi. <clears throat> but um, story continues. Um, throughout my life, man, um, I grew up by myself. I didn't, I didn't know what I love you was, you know, my mom showed me love, but, but, but it, we grew up in such an environment where my mom worked a lot. I was left alone a lot and I didn't know what affection was. I didn't have a big family. And then when I met my wife, my wife grew up in a huge family, man. When I look at my wife, I'll be like this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Even at funerals, the family's so huge and everyone's hugging. Even if, they, even if they don't like each other, they hugging and whatever. And I was like, man, I, it was completely. And when my wife was trying to give me affection, and it was even shown in my early days of my marriage, I, I was like, why don't I like cuddling? <laughs> I was like, I, and my mom, my wife said some other day, she was like, you know, you, you rarely call me babe or, and I was like, you know, it's, it's even hard for me to call my dad, dad. Like for a long period of time, I told my sisters, how's your dad doing? Or where's, where's your dad? At? And they would look at me and be like, ain't he your dad too? And so, so I began to realize even in my early stages, see, you, you see, life will show you that there's still a residue of emotional abuse and you have to be honest with it and give it to God. And I was like, I really, I come in the house and be saying, Brittany, I said, why am I calling my wife Brittany? You know what I'm saying? You know, but but my wife was beginning to say, she said, but babe, I, you kiss me at night, you hold me, you do different things. But she revealed, but she came from a big family where they had nicknames for everybody. You see what I'm saying? Nicknames for everybody. I'm like, man, everybody got a nickname. But me, I was just so used to, and, and I was like, wow. It's crazy how something like that can spawn into where's y'all dad? Where's dad? Wait, I couldn't, I couldn't even say where's dad at. Because I, ain't, I, I I didn't know how to say that. But but it's interesting how the more you begin to assess what happens, you can adjust to making new happenings and blossom from it. But that's just my story, man. 
Like, like I was like, man, my wife tried to touch my feet at night, and I'm and I'm, I'm scooting over. I'm like, what's going on with me? And then I realized, wow, it's crazy how stuff really happens in a person's life. And you thinking, oh, that's just me. Nah, that's the you in the abuse, not you in your proper use. You see what I'm saying? And then most people, your your wife or your husband is, is like, come on, man, I need this, I need that. And you so stoic and so hardened by the past experience, you don't even know how to receive or give affection. Yeah, Coach Cuddles more now. I'm trying, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting better. I'm hot natured. I mean, I think really with the cuddling, it ain't, it ain't like I don't want to cuddle. It's not that I don't want to cuddle. I'm just hot natured. You know what I'm saying? Like wives, they want to cuddle for. I'm looking at the watch, like man, how long is cuddle session gonna be? <laughs> because 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 Coach Geek, when Coach when when when, when I get up, when I get that rollover, I'm going to sleep. But 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 see, man, but ladies don't understand, man. Y'all heavy. Y'all heavy in the spirit. <laughs> My wife is particular. She y'all y'all do y'all know how heavy y'all heads are? When y'all lay on a man's shoulder for 30 minutes and, and my fingers, I can't feel the tips of my fingers. Honestly, I think the I take the cuddling back. I don't mind cuddling. I just don't like the consequence of cuddling. Cause I mean, y'all be sitting and y'all get your y'all get y'all's. You know what I'm saying? Y'all done cut off circulation. I can't feel my finger and I'm uncomfortable. You laying on this shoulder and I'm laying all awkward. And I gotta sit there and be your pillow. You see what I'm saying? I think that's why I'm like, and then, then, then you, then you get hot, your head is heavy and your body temperature increased my body temperature and I'm sweating and you like, don't move, don't move. I can't even move. I got to move to see, make, get blood moving back and through my arm. Anyway. So, so ladies, when your man, you get, get, put it, it's okay. If the man, don't get mad if your man put a timer on his phone for the cuddle session. I don't, I haven't done that. But what I'm saying is don't listen, big old head. Listen, y'all, y'all, y'all got big heads, man. You know what I'm saying? Head, do, do you know how heavy the, your head is, man? Like, 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 y'all, y'all, come on, man. Come on. Come on. I love you, but that's scary feeling, man, when your finger get tingled. Anyway, how to overcome the effects of abuse? <laughs> how to overcome the effects of abuse? Number one, let me look at some texts. First Peter 5, 6 through 11 says, humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time, he may exalt you. That's very important. You have to get to a place where you humble yourself. Healing begins with humility. Healing begins with humility. The Bible says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. You don't really know how mighty God's hand is until you see his hand go to work. See, when you're up under the hand of God, man, his fingers becomes your barriers. And many people are looking beyond the finger like, God, move that middle finger, bro. Move the pointer finger. I'm trying to get out here. I'm trying to make moves. And God's like, no, no, no. Stay humble. Stay right there. Because in due season, I will elevate you. But many people want to be elevated, but God's protection is healing you. God's hand is molding you. Therefore, you have to be able to say, you know what? I'm not going to be a help in a marriage. I'm not going to be a help in life if I don't humble myself. Humility is one of the foundational principles to a successful life. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand. God's hand is mighty. He'll protect you. So that at the proper time, you don't know the proper time. I don't know the proper time. God knows the proper time of exalting us because he knows if we're able to manage the exaltation. Number seven, once you have been humble, you do this by casting all your anxieties. I remember God, I kept bumping up into God's fingers for so long that I gave up. God, here, take this care, man. I'm tired of trying to run out of your hands, man. Nah. I trust your timing. The day I trusted God's timing was probably one of the greatest liberational seasons of my life. I was like, God, you know what? I quit. 
I quit. I I, I quit. You do you, boo. You do you, God. I don't call God boo. That just kids be kids be messing up. See, I gotta watch these kids. Kids be saying stuff, and I be doing little hand signs and stuff. I, listen, I, I I gotta chill. What I'm saying is, is that um. Man, what was I saying? Oh, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you. Number seven, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. When you know that God cares for you, let him care on you. When you know God cares for you, you'll cast your care on him and let him do care on you. Let him care. Let him do corrections on you. And then after that, you will be so mad. He says, humble, there's, three, there's multiple things you got to do. Number one, you got to humble yourself. Number two, you got to cast your cares on him. Number three, you got to be sober-minded and watchful because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He's looking for emotionally abused or emotionally affected people to devour. But when you have humbled yourself with the mighty hand of God, it's hard for him to get to you, hard for them demons to get to you, hard for you to be easily triggered, hard for you to be affected. Because now you're going to cast your cares on the God and you have become sober-minded. Sober-mindedness, oh man, I'm going to talk about this in maybe four or five weeks. It is important for you to be sober-minded, not intoxicated mentally. You have to be sober-minded. You can't allow all these cares to be on your mind because cares is like a glass of liquor. It'll have you, it'll, it'll have you drunk. It'll have you intoxicated. It'll have you blinded. And then you'll be blindsided by devouring a roaring lion and devoured by his deceptions, keeping you from being affected. Number nine says, resist him, firm in your faith. Oh, man, you got to have faith in yourself, faith in God, ultimately, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by the by your brotherhood throughout the world. You understand, <clears throat> don't you know how many other people have been abused like you've been abused and how many people overcome that abuse? Your abuse is not exclusively to you. There's no temptation that's not uncommon to man. All all the tests that you go through is common. <clears throat> you strengthen yourself in your faith by knowing that suffering produces character Character produces hope. Whatever well, scriptures continue to read, it says, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brother throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Man, you got once you humble yourself, cast your cares on him, become sober-minded, resist the devil, stay firm in your faith, understand that other people have gone through this and have overcome themselves, then you will see after you have suffered a while. See, listen, how can you really reach people if you haven't suffered? The only perfect person that reached imperfect people was Jesus. Everybody else is, is impacted by imperfection. The perfect work in imperfection. And so when you realize that, you be like, all right, this suffering is being used for my good. God is turning this around, this abuse for my good. So that after I have suffered a while, because it's something after I suffered a while, I began to see the reason for my suffering. I began to see and to look at the pile of my suffering after I suffered a while and realize, oh, there's purpose in this suffering. There's purpose in this pain. There's purpose in that past abuse. But if you don't see purpose in abuse, you will continue abuse. The God of all grace, who has called you to his internal glory before you was called, before you was born, you was called for his eternal glory in Christ, in Christ, in what he did, not in what you do, 
Will himself. Now, he ain't going to send no angel. He ain't going to send uh, Michael in there. He ain't going to send, you know what I'm saying, the big, he ain't going to send no goons. He ain't going to send no, he ain't going to send no angels. He said, listen, y'all fellas, y'all back up. I got this. He says, him will himself restore, confirm. Oh, man, not only will God restore you, but he'll be like, yo, that's mine. He'll confirm, strengthen, and establish you. But you got to let him. You got to humble yourself. You got to learn how to cast your cares on him. You got to become sober. My, oh, man, I wish I had time to break this down, etc. I, I, I might have to break this down down the road. I'm sure I'm going to come back to the scripture. But let's keep going for time's sake. How to overcome the effects of abuse. And then final words. <clears throat> Number one, ask the healer of abuse to help you and surround you with professional abuse experts. Ask the healer to the ask the healer of all abuse to help you and allow him to surround you with people who are experts in that abuse. <clears throat> you gotta be humble and say, God, I'm tired of these, of these effects of my past or present abuse to keep keeping me from being effective for you. God, I ask you to heal me. Heal my heart of stone. Turn my heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Heal me, God. You see what I'm saying? That's right. It's nothing wrong with therapy. The therapy that God sends you to, don't get so caught up in this therapy culture that you're just going to therapy just to be going. Just because it's it's a see, some things are a trend or a fad for a reason. You still cannot do stuff without the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Do not just go to therapy or get caught up in therapy culture and you haven't allowed the therapist of all therapists, the Holy Spirit, to lead and guide you into all truth. He himself will surround you with the experts to help you hands-on, in your life, accountability. See what I'm saying? <clears throat> don't just be going out there and be like, oh, everybody's getting therapy, and you don't know that the devil has set up a therapy culture of therapists that may try to infuse your mind with, 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 with new age techniques and philosophies, guiding you all messed up even more because now you're putting your trust in the therapy instead of in the therapist who was the man Christ Jesus. That's right. Go to a God-fearing therapist that God himself brought to your attention or made uh, 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 available for you. Ask the love of abuse to help you and surround you with professional experts on your abuse. Number two, acknowledge the abuse. Don't ignore the abuse. Don't make the abuse uh, a kin or a best friend to you. Acknowledge, yeah, I was abused. It's something about words that, that helps you to, 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 um, that helps you uh, to grow. You have to acknowledge the abuse. Yeah, I was abused. Yeah, I acknowledge my abandonment. I acknowledge my abandonment issues. I acknowledge my emotions. I acknowledge it. Now I acknowledge it because I'm letting the devil know. Yeah, I know. We know. I know. You see what I'm saying? I know what you I know your plots and schemes. You see what I'm saying? I acknowledge the abuse. And number three, I address the abuse. <clears throat> you don't just acknowledge it. Acknowledge it looks like this. I'm gonna write down all the ways I was abused. I'm gonna write down the abusers. And I'm going to write down how God can use this abuse for my good. <clears throat> I'm acknowledge it so I can take full responsibility. Because some of us, we make excuses. Well, I'm going to continue these effects of my abuse because I made my abuse. I brought validation to my abuse. Don't, don't put validation on your abuse. Talking about, well, I'm going to continue to be a low life. I'm going to be, I'm going to continue to be, um, uh, uh, have low self-esteem. I'm going to continue to hurt women and hurt men. I'm going to continue to do this because I was abused. Because, oh, I'm doing this because my dad did this to me. Oh, I'm doing it. Man, who, give me, give me, who cares? It's not God greater. But a lot of people like the fruit 
of being in their abuse. They like the oh, the rewards from residing in their abuse, meaning misery loves company. Well, I, I have more friends. Now I got all this abusive, abused people as my friends. Now I don't have to worry about achieving anything. I don't have, oh no, nah, I don't have to work towards, I don't have to work on my singleness. I don't have to work on myself because, because I like what my abuse gives me. Don't befriend your abuse. <clears throat> Writing is also therapy. That's a way of addressing your abuse. You acknowledge it. This is what happened. It happened. Don't don't mystify it. It happened. And deal with it. This is what happened. But the thing is, you don't have to deal with it by yourself. You deal with it with God. God heals when you deal. When you deal with it and acknowledge it and address it, healing comes. Acknowledge your abuse. Acknowledge the difference abuses. This is what happened. This is how it happened. This is who did it. Address the abuse saying, I'm going to address this. I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to engage with the Holy Spirit into healing me. Number four, you have to acquit the abusers, including yourself. You have to acquit them. You have to forgive them. I know the glove fit. <clears throat> no, God, the glove fits. This ain't no Johnny Cochran. If the glove don't fit, we acquit. No, I know. I know the glove does fit that person. That person did abuse you. You wear the glove. You abused you. But you have to acquit both of them. You got to let them go. Healing begins when you let it go. Easier said and done. Now, how do you let go of the abuser? Number one, you have to recognize your abuse towards the things of God. Many of us, we... We validate or we validate our actions from an abuse based upon what a person did to us versus what we did to God. Um, would you report the abuse years later or let it go? Good question. <clears throat> um, um, there's so many nuances to that question. It all depends on the abuse. Um, but if it's so many years later, sometimes it's better to forgive and to go forward than to try to bring it all the way up and make it even more mess out of it. But the Holy Spirit will let you know how to do that. Uh, uh, because it's so many nuances. Now, if it's criminal activity, if it was passed like a few weeks ago, a few days ago, yeah, report that. But if it's many years and, and it's not in your life now, it just depends on what God wants you to do. I don't want to say anything clearly out here because there's so many situations, so many stories that I'm not God enough. I'm not wise enough to be able to give that kind of advice. You got to acquit the abuser. You got to say, God, I've abused my life and the things of you. Or you got to look, in order to forgive downward, you got to receive the forgiveness upward. <clears throat> if you can, if your sins towards God is greater than the, your, the sins of people against you, that's what helps you to acquit them. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Most of the people that did something to you, they didn't know what they was doing. Some people knew what they was doing, but most of them didn't know what to the effect. You see what I'm saying? And you got to let them go and be like, man, my dad didn't know. <clears throat> why won't I stay mad at my dad? My dad was young. My dad was an African Nigerian man who's trying to get to America. If I was, if I came from his background like him, I probably would do the same thing. It doesn't mean that you, uh, uh, <clears throat> no, no, no. Because when you, when you acquit the person and the person really didn't know what they was doing, they are trying to grow and trying to be better to you then a real reconciliation happens. But when you harbor feelings and become hard harder from what somebody else did to you, then that person who's really trying to do better, really trying to grow from what they did, your dad is trying to get back in your life, your mom is trying to do better, your husband is trying to do better, your wife is trying to do better, but you harden all this resentment towards them, that person is now, now you're hurting them. And most people, they want that person to hurt so bad because a person who holds their hurt, Hurts the person that's trying to redeem the hurt they did. But if you give it over to God, God can then bring reconciliation. Me and my dad are so good right now. 
I really appreciate him. The man is wise, man. The man is the man may not be <clears throat> perfect. Nobody's perfect, but man, I understand. I understand why he did what he did. It makes total sense. You know what I'm saying? And and when you look at it from God's vantage point, it made perfect sense for who the man I am today because God removed him enough so that God can put and mold the right stuff in me so that I will be able to, uh, when we do have reconciliation, there, the vibe still won't be affected, that no matter what he does or says, it still won't kill my vibe. So God removed people out of your life for a reason and you get mad about the reason or the season, but you can't see the reason. As you get older, after you have suffered a while, after you have gone through it enough, you'll be able to look back at it like, wow, God, it makes perfect sense. But if you never allow God to bring common sense, then think your past events won't make sense. You have to acquit the abuser, including yourself. Number five, you have to adjust your use. In other words, self, you have to adjust your use. Okay, I've ask God for help. He's helping me. I've acknowledged and addressed my abuse. I have acquitted or I'm 70 times seven. I'm in that 70 times seven joint. You know, I'm at 347 of forgiveness, but at least I'm doing it. I have to now adjust my use. I now have to own up, take responsibility for my actions. Just because I was abused doesn't mean I don't, I still act the same way. Nephew, what's up family? My nephew's watching his name, Sushi, Sushua. Subscribe to his channel. That's what he wants me to say. That's only nephew. He's just saying hi to get some subscribers. You have to adjust your use and say, you know what? Yeah, the abuse happened, but I'm I'm going to take responsibility for what I'm allowing to happen now. I have to uh, take responsibility for what is happening now and take better care of myself. Number six, I have to ask to be used. I just can't sit there and be like, oh, okay, I'm better now. No, be used. Because when you ask to be used, you will see the re- not the not you will see the reason for the abuse, which leads to the last point, arrange a message from the abuse to help those that were abused or are abused like you was or were. Should have gave this to my wife. My wife's good at English. Should have gave this to her to look over. <clears throat> Do you not know that every abuse has a potential message? that can be used to help other people. But so many people allow abuse to be so heavy on them that they, they miss the opportunity to birth the message. You got to say, God, use this abuse to make me more useful to help others who are currently or have been abused. Now, thing, final words in the match way. How do you know when you're ready to be used? You know when you're ready to be used when the effects of the abuse are no longer affecting you. When you can be in the trenches and you know you're ready to be used when, when, when your mind is stable, when you're content and your heart is sturdy. And what I mean by that is, is that you know you're ready to be used when you know you mature, when when people can't really throw you off. Like God is only go- God only knows how useful I am in ministry. That's why he hasn't promoted me yet. He knows that you're useful at this level. But if I bring you to this level and you haven't really gained an understanding, you will be abused by that level of principality. You know you're ready to be used when the effects of the abuse no longer affect you anymore. You no longer, you know, you know you're ready to be used when you're mature enough to handle the the usage rate that God wants to give. That you're healthy, that you're mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, physically healthy, etc. That's when you know you're ready to be used. <clears throat> Let's keep going. Key phrases to remember when it comes to the word "use." I love the word "usage rate." When you know your proper use, you'll know your usage rate. Now. Make use of, put to use, and be useful. Key phrase remember, you got to make use of the time. In order to be useful and to be mightily used by God, you got to make the best use of your time. 
You got to put to use. You got to put your purpose to use. You got to put your uh, uh, art to use. You got to put your writing skills, your verbal skills. Your You got to put stuff to use. In order to overcome abuse and to be effective, to be useful by God, you got to make use of your time. You got to put to use all of the skills in your life and practice, and you got to be useful. God doesn't want to use people who are not useful. You got to be full of use. God, that's why singleness is very good. How can you be useful in a marriage if you're not putting a use to techniques and the strategy and the skills of your singleness? If you maximize your singleness, you will be more useful. The things that I practice in my singleness are, are actually being used in my marriage and helping out and for my wife as well. Number two, you got to use by, use by. These are phrases that goes with the word use, used by. There is an expiration date for certain things. So many people don't look at the purpose and see the expiration date. They don't look at a thing. When you go to the grocery store, you look for the expiration date. And that determine if you're going to purchase or not. And so many opportunities, they have an expiration date. <clears throat> you got to look at the opportunity that God has given you and be like, God, what does expiration do? I got to use this by. I got to use this energy by this certain time because one day of procrastination can push your purpose back six years, can push something back six months, can push it back multiple days. So you got to use your time. That's why I always always ask God, what do you want me to use this time for? Because if I if I acknowledge you, then you'll show me what to use and I will use it by. God has timing for certain things. That's why the devil wants you so confused that you don't use things by the expiration date. You see what I'm saying? Use by time is precious. You only have a window for a lot of things, for many things. You only have a window opportunity. You don't know when that person's going to die. You don't know when something's going to take off. You don't know when. And if you don't use your energy by a certain time, then you won't be able to reap the benefits of the things that's in your life. Number three, easy to use. Be easy to be you. Be easy to be used by God, not hard to use. Be easy to be used. I, I, that's why when I work, I work with the Lord, and it, and it makes me a pleasure to be to work with. It just makes me a pleasure to work with. I I want to be easy to use, not easily be used. Like I'm easy, you know. Joshua, my last name may be easy, easy, but I ain't easy. You see what I'm saying? I ain't easy. But I want to be easy to use by God. God be like, oh, Josh, he, he's not going to give me no grief. He's not going to grieve my spirit. He's not going to bring no resistance. You see what I'm saying? He's he's easy to use. End use. Number four, you got to end use. Cut the subscription to people and things that you are improperly, that use you improperly or use up your time. You got to cancel some subscriptions. I do not subscribe to this relationship anymore. I do not subscribe to this friendship anymore. I'm ending the use. You got to say, you know what, before this day comes, because if you keep if you keep the subscription, you will have surprise bills. You, you keep the subscription, but like, man, this thing is taking money from me and I'm not really getting much use out of it. This relationship still taking time out of you. That habit is taking time away from you and you're paying the price. You got to cut the subscription end the use. I'm in the use to this Netflix. I'm using any the use to this, to this, to this, to this, to this stuff. Context of use, context of use, know the proper use of everything. There is a context to how my wife is supposed to be used, how I'm supposed to be used, how our children, we have them supposed to be used, how our time, God has the original context of how everything's supposed to be used. If you want to use things properly or be used magnificently, you have to know the context of the use. You got to know your context before people try to use you. Nah, that's just that's not that's not that's not my that's not part of my mission statement. If God ain't called me somewhere, I, I don't answer the call when people call me to go there. That's not what I'm called to do. I stay in my lane. Last but not least, use up. 
Use up everything in you. Don't leave a drop of anything in your soul. Live full, but die empty. Use up everything in you. I do not want to die and God be like, Josh, man, you had one book left in you. Man, bro, why you allow this to keep you from writing that book? That book right there was going to do this for this generation of people. You got to use up everything in you. I use all of my skills. I use it up. God, I said, God, I want all 70 something books out of me. If there's 70, I want them all written. I'm going to I'm going to make the best use of my time so I can use up everything in me. Hope this message was a blessing to you all. I have an activity for you. Your life work activity, for the, if you choose, is on my website, lifework.teachable.com. Let me put that right there. Go ahead and get y'all's questions ready. Go ahead and put your questions in while I'm doing this so that we can go ahead and do a little Q&A. And make sure I find um, the link for you to get these. This activity is very important. This activity is very important for you to do. Very important for you to do. Okay, man, y'all getting a question. So y'all was waiting for this. Let me push the link right here. Download this activity. Basically, life work activity for this week. And I'm only going to go over it briefly because I want you to go in there and get it. This week, I want you to process your past abuse as well as the trauma it has caused. Utilize the box below to process your hurt. Uh, we talk about, well, if you want to know more, go to that link. But I have worksheet for you to process through to help you process your abuse. And to put you in a better position to be used properly. The enemy wants you abnormally used. He doesn't want you to be used the correct way. Um, there is a proper use for you. There is a proper use for you. And only God knows your use. Your use, Because when you know your use, you'll know your usage rate. You won't be overused. You'll be properly used. Let's get to some questions. I got time maybe for 20 minutes of questions. And I'm going to get some rest. Because <laughs> coach is... Man, I don't understand what's going on. It is humid, man. If you live in Charlotte, man, I, we had snow, we had tornadoes, we had spring weather in a span of five days, brother. I hate this, man. I, I didn't know what you. I didn't know what's going on. I didn't know if this is winter or we going to spring. I just got over a cold because I, it got cold and I was like, oh, and it got spring weather and I was like, oh, bet we out. And I got caught a cold, man. It's annoying. <clears throat> George Falcon Jr. says. Me and my girl love each other, but after praying on it, God spoke to her. She's saying we need a, to break to work on each other and heal. How do we know how long the break should last and what are the boundaries? Great question. Um, <clears throat> it is important to heal. And when it comes to God, you got to learn how to go with the flow. Some things don't have a timetable because God has a timetable because you idolize the time frame. He knows that if I tell you the day, the moment, the time that I'm going to do something, you will idolize the day and the time I'm going to do it. And you will love the doing more than the one that did it. And what happens is sometimes God just say, just take a break and trust me. Trust is the key. Don't think about when it, when y'all going to come together. Just focus on healing because if you let God do what he does, his actions will build your faith. His actions will deepen your fervor because you will see God's active hand in your life. But God sometimes don't let you know the day or the hour when he's going to do something because you will mess it up. God keeps things out of our out of our realm because he knows that we will ruin it. If he told you the day and the time that y'all would get together, there will be no true healing because then you will force the healing or you will fake the healing. You will force it by, by well, let me just get better. Let me just get better. You get better. Or you'll fake the healing. Okay, let me just fake it 
so I can make this thing happen. So me and my girl love each other. But after praying on it, God spoke to her and she says we need to break to work on each other to heal. How do we know how long the break should last and what are the boundaries? The boundaries are simple. Um, if y'all see each other, you see each other. Don't text. Don't talk to each other. Y'all got to heal exclusively. A surgeon doesn't do two surgeries at the same time. A surgeon doesn't do two surgeries at the same time. God is the only one that can do surgery exclusively. But he wants to do surgery exclusively, simultaneously, while y'all in the separate places. You can't, you can't expect God to 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 uh, have y'all heal together because because y'all going to be a hindrance. Because because many people they'd be like, well, heal us together, God. I don't want to leave. Heal us together. But come on, man, y'all got to separate because y'all because sometimes uh, the, the components of love or uh, infatuation will make you believe you in love but you're not really in love you infatuated infatuation is blind not love and so what happens is yeah y'all love each other but at this point in your relationship you may not even know what the true depths of love is you may not truly know what the definition of love is so god exclusively puts you in isolation with him so that you can learn what true love is and then build contentment you got to get you know it's time to get back together when there's no need to get back together. That you so caught up in God, you so together with God, and if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. If it happens, we good. If we don't, we still good. Because you got to be okay. You got to be okay with the idea that God may never put y'all back together. And that's when you know that you may be ready to be back with each other. So the boundaries must be that if y'all see each other at the store, whatever, cool. If y'all see each other out and about, don't be trying to, you know what her routine is. Y'all just, y'all just go heal. And and, and 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 ask God, God, give us an accountability couple, a married couple who can hold us accountable as we take this break. And Lord, we're going to trust the Holy Spirit, who's the governor of this realm, to supernaturally wove within this wisdom for us to come at the right time if it's meant to be. But one thing that you must have an understanding of and must process now that you got to be complete. You got to get to a place or allow yourself to be okay with. It may never happen because if you, if you, if you're not okay with God's no, and you're not okay with God's never, then you will, you will not be okay with, with a lot of things that God has for you. Hope to help. I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't text. Um, let your feelings flood and let God cleanse you with his blood. You know what I'm saying? And let him do what he does. Simple as that. It's tough, I know, but it's necessary. If you if you really want healing, you will let him do it. And you will let God do y'all, do surgery on y'all in two different rooms. Leandra F says, hey, Coach Josh, thank you for the session. You're so welcome. God gets the glory. How do you know when your heart has completely healed from emotional and mental abuse? Great question. You know you healed when it doesn't affect you. So when I see my dad, I'm not affected by what happened. When I see my mom, my mom didn't really do anything, but my mom had to do, you know, there was parts where I was like, my mom worked so much. I'm not mad at my mom. You know, your heart has healed when, when that thing, it, when you got new feels, you know, you've healed when you got new feels, when your feelings are not affected by it. You're like, I got new feelings. Why? Because when God works and you have, you begin to look at the abuser with compassion. You'll be able to look at the abuser with empathy. You'll be like Jesus did on the cross. God forgive them. Father forgive them for they know not what they do. It, these people slapped Jesus in his face, pulled this beard off, beat him unrecognizably, beat him so bad you saw his bones. Put him on the cross, nails through his wrist, nails through his feet, 
pierced him in his side, and this man said, God, forgive them for they know not what they do. Only when you've been around Christ, you can have that kind of empathy. You see what I'm saying? And so what happens, you know you've been healed when you got new feels. I got a new feeling for this situation. I got new feelings. I, 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 don't feel, I don't feel bad anymore. But it's all based upon your cooperation. If you want new feels, you got to let him do his healing. You got, you can't, the longer you hold on to it, you won't receive those new feelings. And the new feelings come from a new faith, a new focal point, uh, uh, from the facts. You see what I'm saying? Oh, when things start making sense, you're not going to always be tense. You're tense when things don't make sense. But when God brings sense to a thing, it alleviates the tension that thing, and then you'll be truly healed from it. But you got to be proactive. You got to be cooperative. You got you to say you can't grieve the Holy Spirit. You can't have uh, vain validations of why you should still feel this way. You got to let go of all that. You got to say, you know what? I'm tired of, uh, yes, what they did was wrong. And yes, it should be held accountable. But at the same time, God will take care of that. God, if he said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Don't worry about that. What you got to do is say, you know what, as far as me going forward, I'm going to do whatever it takes to cooperate with the Holy Spirit's work in my life to make sure that, that I'm not going to let these things hurt me any longer. So you know you've healed when you got new feelings, new feelings that came from a new faith in God, a deeper faith in God, and facts, and you're able to see things because when something makes sense, it alleviates the tension. Hope to help. <clears throat> That fast girl says, hey, coach, I want to be able to walk into a room with men and not wonder they are attracted to me or wondering if one is my husband. How do I do this? I'm, I am not idolized marriage. You got to reverse. You got to rechannel your intimacy. You got to rechannel your interest. You got to rechannel your intrigue back into the one that's intrigued of you. God is interested in you. God wants a thriving, intimate relationship with you. And the best way to do that is to come to grips that, that number one, you have to deal with that issue. That is that is a sign of some type of abuse. And, 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 and it's all of us dealt with it. It's, it's the subtle things that we overlook. And so uh, the best way to walk into a room is after you have walked into his presence. You can walk into any room when you frequent God's presence. And when you frequent God's presence, you have the right self-esteem. You have the right outlook. You begin to have those hidden dark things exposed and able to see the things uh, uh, that he has you or desires for you to see. And then when you walk into a room, you will begin to walk into the room with the Christ conscious, a Christ mind, a Christ outlook that's given by his spirit. And so to practically help every woman, you got to be able to be so confident in your position as a daughter and not envy or idolize the position of a wife. You Every position you hold as a woman going forward is predicated on your understanding of your position as God's daughter. It's for men too, but a lady answered this, asked this question. Your position as, as a daughter of God trumps all other positions. It trumps all of... Like, you you got to love being God's daughter then you are uh, uh, in love with the idea of being an, a man's wife because you won't be effective as a man. You won't be effective as a wife to a man if you haven't if you haven't come to a place of understanding of who you are as God's daughter. So when you know that you God's daughter, you can walk into any room and not be moved by any man because you have been loved. A woman who has had a, a great father carries herself differently, dependence, dependently on her mind, her mental makeup, but we talking about the heavenly father's love. When you have been perfected by God's love, the Bible says his perfect love or perfect love casts away all fear. Let me read that scripture for you. Let me make sure I give you in context. 
Perfect love casts out fear. Let me give you the scripture. First John 4, 18. The Bible says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with torment or punishment. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So if you are afraid or nervous or uh, uh, suspicious or whatever, you haven't allowed God's love to perfect you because there's no fear in love. And when you know that you're loved by God, you can walk in any room liberated from, from, from their opinions or whatever because you know you God's daughter. I want to be able to walk into a room with men and not wonder if they are attracted to me or not. Don't worry about it. You're attracted to God. And you got to realize that not every man's going to be attracted to you. I'm ugly to a lot of people, I'm sure. And it's okay. I'm beautiful. I'm handsome to the right woman. It don't matter how ugly I am to other women. I'm handsome to the one I need to be handsome to. It doesn't matter how many other women think I'm handsome. I'm not going to welcome that attraction. So what I mean is I, I know my place. And so I know how to alleviate uh, 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 um, pressures. What I mean by that, listen. If a, if a woman comes to my face, I'm like, you an ugly dude. I don't care. So when you care about your look so much, then when people look on you, you'll be curious about, about, about what they think about your look. Listen, man, my wife has to, has to get up on me in my haircut. I'm so confident in myself. I'll be forgetting. To, I forget. I forget to get my haircut. I mean, I, look, man, I know who I am. I got a, I got a great confidence. And now that I'm married, I'm getting my hair cut a little bit more. You know, my wife wants, you want to see that ball head. You know what I'm saying? She want to see that right there. She want to see that beard action. You know what I'm saying? So I got to give her what she want. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Fellas, give your wife what she wants. She want that. She want that beard. Put the oil in your beard, man. Get the, get the ball head if she wants the ball head. Get the, get the fade if she like the fade. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? Anyway. But when you are, it don't matter who thinks I'm ugly. It doesn't matter who thinks I'm handsome. I know whose hands I'm in. Hope to answer your question. Idolatry, idolization of marriage is what's crippling people from understanding or interacting in their position as God's daughter and son. Because no matter what position you endeavor to have, if you do not embrace your position as God's son or daughter, you will be ineffective, ill-equipped, and unable to handle any other position you desire to have. Great questions, y'all. Lion Lion says, I asked God to show me my heart and he did. It shocked me. Oh, man. Always does. Now I pretty much hate myself and want to isolate myself. Where do I go from here? Um, you're going through growing pains, my friend. You're going through growing pains. Man, I went through so many. See, when an idol has been removed, you know, when you poke at a pimple, the pus come out or the, the stuff come out. When you poke at something, stuff comes out and you're like, oh, snap. I didn't know that was in there. So when God pulls the cover off, exposes the idol, rips the idol, things start coming out. All these emotions, because if you want to see the worst of a person, if you want to see a person at their worst, touch, talk about, or tackle, or take them, or try to take them away from their idol. If you want to see the killer in a person, if you want to see a saint cuss you out, if you want to see a person act outside a character, try to touch, try to take them away, or try to uh, uh, talk about their idol in a bad way. They will split your head wide open. And that's what happens. You start screaming, you start cussing, you start getting mad, go you mad at God. All these feelings come out because you know you many of us don't know the 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 what all comes with idolatry. Idolatry is where all sins find their roots. Idolatry is a dense frame of mind that when 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 God ripped the ministry idol out of my heart, 
I was pissed off. I was mad. I was mad at God. I, I was, I was, oh man, I was, I was, I isolated myself. That's a, that's a normal sign of, that's a, that's a normal symptom, a normal sign of you being stripped away from your idol. Trust God. Go through the, don't go through the emotions. Don't go through the emotions. Um, um, let the Holy Spirit do what he does in you. That is perfectly normal. Do not hate yourself continuously as you go through the healing process with God, process your emotions. As you progress through the process, process your emotions. Slow yourself down and find the facts. Why do I hate myself? Do I truly understand everything that comes with idolatry? This is what comes with idolatry. Oh, wow. I got all these emotions, mixed feelings. I hate myself, whatever. That's what happens with exposure. But it's best to have these feelings of exposure happen in private than having these exposures of feelings in public. Because I, I want my idolatry ripped off in privacy, in private. I don't want it ripped off in public. I asked God to show me my heart and he did. Oh man, I know you saw a lot and it shocked me. It shocked, it shocks all of us who are willing to go through that process. And listen, I got a lot of comments from people and messages where people are like, I'm struggling just with this course. This course has showed me so much about myself that I'm just all over the place. And that's normal. You have to trust the process, man. <clears throat> you have to trust the process. And this is normal. You be, you will start, you all kind of emotions going to come because the idol has been removed. You're going to speak because when God tells your idol, God is the only one strong enough to handle your heart because he knows, give me some time with that heart. And that person will be apologizing. God, I ain't mean to say that about you. You cool. My bad, God. But that's completely normal. Where do you go from here? You process your emotions. Every time you get an emotion that rises up and it's heightened, write that emotion down. Write down why you're feeling it. Write down scripts that contradict it, that push you right in the frame of mind. Do not allow those emotions to think for you. Emotions was never meant to do the thinking. Emotions wasn't designed to do the thinking. They were meant to help thinking. They were meant to validate thinking. They will help to push proper thinking. You got to use your brain now. Use time, stillness, and your brain to process the pain. Hope to help. Honey Love says, Joshua, people pleasing, people say, uh, people say women is a sin to wear makeup, jewelry, hair extension, and nails. Is that true? A man told a woman she was going to hell for it. Man. Man, that person's dealing with his own self-hate. Now, the only truth that will come into that statement is this. When you're doing that for attention, for acceptance, and for pride. The only time makeup, jewelry, hair extension, and nails is bad is when you're doing it uh, um, for selfish reasons. You're doing it for self-esteem purposes, and you're doing it. But it's there, there's people like my cousin, uh, Nadia, from my uh, wife's side. She loves to do makeup. She likes to do makeup. She, she, but, but I can tell she don't do makeup for her, <coughs> for her. But, but when you love makeup so much because you hate the skin you have, when you use when you use uh, cosmetics to to cover up who you are, and you it's hard for you to really show who you really are. That's a deep emotional issue. Because it doesn't matter how much makeup you have, it can't cover up the true mess. And many people can see through the extensions, see through the, the eyelashes, can see through the makeup and know when you're doing it for self-esteem purposes. But when a man says that, man, that's just that's just a, a biased opinion. <clears throat> and that's not exclusive to everyone, every woman. 
But there are some people, some women out there who are doing it because they do not like themselves. They doing it because they, 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 they want attention. They need acceptance and they don't like themselves. But if you doing it because you like it, you can tell if a person is really doing it the right way when it's subtle. But when that thing is splashed on you and, and, and you got, you got two tones. When you got two tones, three tones, your neck is darker than your face. You see what I'm saying? Then it's a problem. Or you're just not good at putting makeup on yourself. So I'm not trying to be uh, mean, but I'm saying is like maybe you just need to do better. We'll learn how to do makeup for yourself. But when it's plastered on you and I got to get a shovel, you got to get a shovel at night to get the makeup off you and you peeling knee, you, you know what I'm saying? You peeling the eyelashes off and you know what I'm saying? And and you and you and you and you know you hate you you get it's all this is birth out of self-hate, then that's when it's wrong. But if you just like the way you like, you like the way you look, just do it subtle and do it modest, and God's okay with it. I got time for one more, and I gotta go. Coach is tired, y'all. Coach is tired, and it's human. I'm working under some adverse um elements right now. <laughs> Give me one second. Good old water. Good old water. Great question. I got time for one more, maybe two more. We'll see. That water kind of gave me some minute. That's all I need to do with some water. <clears throat> Hoop Talks, you a baller player? I'm a baller too. I love to get buckets, man. Hoop Talks says, if you get dreams about who your if you get dreams about who your wife is when you prayed about it, what does it mean? It means anytime you get a dream about someone that may not be in your life or may be around your life, you keep it to yourself and you put it on the shelf. There's two things you do when it comes to about another person. You put it on the shelf and you keep it to yourself because sometimes communicating a thing prematurely can cause unnecessary pressure in another person's life. So as a man, you may see a woman and you may feel from God, that's my wife. Cool. Keep it to yourself. Put it on the shelf. Because if you tell her prematurely, you may pluck her out of her place of preparation or she may feel pressure or she may think you're crazy or she may have not came to the revelation yet. Anytime you get revelation, you put it in concealment. You put it in and on the shelf and God will do the rest. God will make it happen. God will bring her around. God will make it happen. So when you have a dream about a husband or a wife, or you have a dream about someone that you feel may be your husband or wife, put it on the shelf, keep it to yourself, because speaking on it too soon may bring unnecessary pressures on them, or it may take them out of their place of preparation, and you pull them out of a place of preparation. Now they're not prepared for you, and you not for them. Um, it's best to keep things quiet. Um, when The more you talk about a thing, the more you expose the thing. The devil don't know everything God tells you. And, and and God don't know the devil don't know God's plans. But when you reveal God's plans and you start acting on things prematurely, then he can sabotage it. But you should never be too eager. If you if you talk better than you walk, you end up nowhere because w- those who hear what you say can hinder your way. If you talk more than you walk, you end up nowhere because those who hear what you have to say have the opportunity to hinder your way. Hope to help. Ooh, Holy Spirit, that was good. That was good. That was good. I got to go. I got to listen to my body. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I got to listen to my body. I'm tired. And it's humid. And I got to um, just relax. I served y'all enough. God is good. God's got y'all. Hit the notification button. Hit the subscription buttons. All that stuff. So when I do a live Q&A this weekend, um, you'll be it. Maybe tomorrow you'll be able to uh, ask ask your questions. Love y'all. Pray this message in the Q&A. It was a blessing. 
Everything you know about uh, what I do is on my website. I got some books for you. Of course, this course was started by this book, The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? Um, my, the second book that I wrote is on spiritual warfare. The book is called World of War Me, Winning the War Within. Um, this book has scriptures in the back, too, to help you process the words. So you can have the bullets within your uh, <clears throat> um, life to be able to shoot the enemy. Um, the first book I wrote was the book Unplug, the top things to unplug from my very first book. I wrote this book over 11 years ago. My next book is that I wrote was The Purpose of Freedom. The book on soul ties and strongholds, how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds, the purpose of freedom. That book right there is available online. Um, my other book, Dating Prep, is a book that I wrote for those who are dating themselves in the love of their life. It comes with, a, it don't comes with, but it, it, it was created with a card game to help you uh, ask the right questions, potentially, uh, hopefully helping you end the wrong relationship and keep the right relationship alive. And of course, my uh, book on, this is my proof book. I got to order me another book, but it's a book that I wrote uh, for kids. It's got cartoon characters. That's me right there, Mr. Ezzy. Um, here's my wife, Miss Ezzy. Mr. Mo was a guy that worked with me in my job, and I created other characters in the book. And this is a good book for kids to help them understand who they are in life. They're Ezziums or Proverbs uh, that I have for kids. Um, and we got we got plans for these cartoon characters. Uh, this is my first, one of my most prized, um, <clears throat> most, um, one of the main things I'm honored to do, um, to write books for the school system. So um, it's not Christian based, but it's got Christian principles because I created that book for the for the school system, working elementary school in a, in a public school system. So my goal is to take proverbial points and, um, but learn more about those characters, books available online, courses online. You can give to support what I do. Uh, areas for you to give support. Uh, our mentoring program, of course, we'll be starting kit starting this book. It's our curriculum for our program and just books for kids. Love you. Y'all be blessed. I gotta go get some rest. Um, I've done my best. Holy Spirit's gonna do the rest while I get my rest. Love y'all. See y'all next time. Peace.